0: That's right, it's Gersh Kunstman and Vince Dimaselli, the hosts of Brooklyn Paper Radio, live from downtown Brooklyn. And when I say live, we really are live. It's 4.30 on Tuesday. We said we would go on live, and Johnny, our producer, missed it by only like 15 seconds, Johnny. I'm very proud. We are live from downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. I'm Gersh Kunstman, of course, of the New York Daily News, which the president calls the failing Daily News, and I'm inclined to agree. When did he say that? He will say it. Oh,
1: he and has we have actually a, said it.
0: Vince DiMasselli on my right, a handsome man who I will give plenty of airtime today. But first, I have to say, Vince, we have a great Johnny, show. Johnny, did you
1: put us live on brooklynpaper.com? I believe I did. Yeah, I'll say it.
0: We yeah. are, in fact, live. And we have a great show. Johnny, you guys can settle your dispute later. The great show is, as you know, New York City has had a, a discriminatory cabaret law since 1926. And we've got a Brooklyn councilman who's going to be calling us in a minute, Rafael Espinal of Bushwick, to tell us a why the law is discriminatory, be why we should all be dancing and see what he's going to do about it. And that's big. That's big news. But bigger than that, tonight, down there at MCU Park, formerly Keyspan Park, the Brooklyn Cyclones will take on and start their season against the evil empire of the New York Penn League, the Staten Island Yankees. The hated Staten Island Yankees. We will have full team coverage, as we always have. We're going to reach out to Billy Horner of the Cyclones. He's going to put us on the phone with a future Met star... Name to be determined. TBD, I think we're talking a Joe TBD Cyclone. It could be the ball boy. And then, of course, we're going to end the show with an exclusive interview that I did, Johnny, with Gersh Cuntzman of the Whoa. New York Daily News. That's right. I got the scoop on Cuntzman's new book, Coup, about Real Donald Trump at Real Donald Trump, Mike Pence, the 25th Amendment, etc. So it's a jam-packed show. But I would be remiss if I didn't start by leaning over closely. To a handsome man on my right, Vince DiMascelli, and say, "Vince, what's going on?"
1: Well, it finally <laughs> happened, Gersh. What did? I got the new car. Oh, the new car! Uh, yeah. new car! It's very, very exciting. But it's not. Very, like, very, but exciting. it's not like you got it. You're paying for it. I know, but you have to understand that the old car mm. was old. It was, and we had a lot of driving to do this weekend uh, coming up. I'm going to Philly this weekend. You could rent a car or, or take the train. Yeah, but we're also going to Cape Cod from Philly. No, later in the year. I got to go to Cape Cod. I got to drive out there, Up there. and you need a car, you know, with with that can that can get there. Where on the Cape? I'm oh, sorry, who am I talking to, hey, Johnny? What, what
0: was that? You, I'll where, ask the where, where are we here. going? I, I, where on
1: the Cape are you yeah. going, Vince? I'll allow it. I, no, I'm not even going to answer right, that. He's going, going to the, the Cape. He's or going or to the Cape. I'm going to the Cape. I need the new car, so I got a Subaru. Subaru. Well, I'm. I'm. Congratulations. Drive it in good health. Please. I'm officially, they say, a
0: lesbian. You know, I will say this about Vince. He is such a polite and kind driver, the perpetuator of the Demicelli wave. That's what they call to it. Pedestrians. I'm the, you're the only guy I would say enjoy that car. Because I don't like cars. I'm anti-car. I know you are. But you're the only guy just I like, would say. Just like Paul Steely White. <laughs> the legendary and aptly named Paul Steely White, friend of the show. All right, got to get out. I do want to say this. I, it's got that new car smell, Gersh. I would hope so. You're paying for that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about a story you guys broke only on BrooklynPaper.com this morning. Yep. Headline, Groove Patrol City Admits Cabaret Law Is Discriminatory But Defends It Anyway As Paul's Push Repeal.
1: Now, you heard about this. This is not a story we broke this morning, Gersh. This is a story that went online later in the day well, I've because it this, this is based on events that happened during the day today.
0: All right, well, Rafael Espinal, who will be joining us shortly, is one of the two Brooklyn council members who has taken on the failing de Blasio administration over this bill. But, and we're going to let him tell us about it, but before he comes on, and presumably before he's listening, Vince, just give us the
1: scoop. All right, well, basically what this bill is trying to do, or what this bill will succeed in doing, is repealing a law that dates back to the 1920s that does not that basically bans dancing. In any bar or restaurant that does not have what's called a cabaret license. But how could you ban dance? It's like footloose, because I got to
0: cut loose, footloose. Kick off your Sunday. How how does the city, I mean, it's one thing for a Midwestern town run by a Baptist preacher named John Lithgow, it's one thing for
1: them to do that. How
0: does the city of New York do that? New York York City,
1: New York City, the capital of culture. How did they do it? Apparently, back in the 1920s, from what I learned about this, that they were very worried about what was happening with this thing called jazz. Jazz. So t- people would start dancing, and next thing you know, they'd be playing jazz. And next thing you know, there'd be interracial couples, and who knew? Who knows what happens after that. A lot of fun.
0: It could be. All right, so let's reach out to Councilman Rafael Espinal. I'm let's gonna, get him on the horn. I'm going to dial his number. He seems to be the guy... Don't take this number, because this is a private cell phone. This is a
1: private number. Please keep the volume down while we... Uh, I'm done. I'm... So the next voice you hear might be Councilman
0: Rafael Espinal. That oh, really hurt. Point. I'm that glad you pressed a, that, that button. Might quite a beep.
1: It's brutal. He's expecting the call.
0: Hello? Hello, is that Councilman Rafael Espinal? This
1: is Rafael Espinal.
0: Well, it is great to hear the sound of your voice, sir. You are live on Brooklyn Paper Radio with, the, of course, Gersh Kuntzman, the legend, and Vince Masselli of the Brooklyn Paper. How are you, sir?
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I'm doing well. A little tired. We had a long hearing yesterday talking about New York City's nightlife, uh, but uh, we're going to continue pushing through.
0: Well, that's what we wanted to talk to you about. Just before you came on the show, we gave our listeners a brief overview of the cabaret law and its origins back in the 1920s, but, sir... Why don't you just overview it for us? What is so wrong about banning dancing in New York City?
2: Well, banning dancing in New York City, I think, is uh, something that's antiquated and something that should even be in the books for many reasons. One, dancing is a social expression that should be or is probably covered through the First Amendment. Mm. Uh, This is New York City. This is the, 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 the city that never sleeps, and we're known to have some of the best nightlife in the country if not the world and we shouldn't be getting in the way of allowing businesses to provide spaces for New York stents.
0: So so what does the cabaret law prevent? Because you said we have great nightlife. You think it would be even better without the cabaret law?
2: Uh, it will be even better and our great nightlife is actually diminishing because a lot of our businesses feel that there's so no many onerous um, um, regulations and uh so send so that's that really been impeding on their businesses, you know. Uh, It's becoming more and more expensive to do business here, and a lot of these business owners feel that the city is not really on their side, and this law just makes it a lot more difficult for them to continue to operate. So we as a city are actually getting in the way of allowing for that nightlife that makes our city so great to flourish, and repealing the cabaret law is one step in making sure that uh, businesses feel as if they're, they're being heard and they're not being targeted by our city.
1: Well, do you know of any businesses that, that have been targeted? Have there been raids on dancing, in, in, uh, specifically in Brooklyn? Because that's what, that's what we're worried about.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we, we've heard from uh, people testifying yesterday uh, of instances where they've had um, these interagency task force come into the businesses and, and uh, impede on their businesses and uh, sometimes shut them down. Uh, actually, DNA Info just published a, an article Outlining uh, all of the businesses in Brooklyn that have been fined in the past year, and the funny thing is, is that I've been looking. I was clicking through all the businesses, and most of these businesses are businesses that are patroned or owned by people of color. I actually saw another bar that was that's also uh, hosts many uh, LGBTQ nights as well. So uh, all that, all the conversations and all the arguments that have been made that this law has been used to target places of color, uh, it still lives true to today. So
0: basically, you think city inspectors are not only enforcing an outdated law, but you think they're doing it willfully with a racial motivation?
2: Well, I, I, can't, I can't make that argument. I'm not sure what goes on in, in, in the minds of, of enforcement and what triggers this enforcement uh, in, in, those specifically, in those specific bars. But, uh, you know, we know through history that's how it has been used. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't put it past uh, that idea.
0: Right. Now, you know, as Vinny and I talked about before you came on the air, there was a famous movie about a Midwestern town called Footloose where they banned dancing. And I don't think, and first of all, that was horrible, but second of all, I don't even think most New Yorkers know that there are certain places you have to get a special license to allow, I think it's, what is it, more than two people to actually dance? Like, I could sway by a jukebox, apparently, but I can't actually dance, right? Is that the law? You need a no, there? I mean,
2: swaying has even become an issue. In no, no, not bar. the way
0: I sway, Councilman, not the way I sway.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. I think even if you decide to sway your arms, they'll might, they might uh, give a ticket to the establishment. Wow. You're swaying. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I'm but, pretty um, you know, I, swaying, um, tapping of the feet, nodding of the head has been issues in, in bars across the borough. Uh, and, again, we've heard from testimony, especially from uh, this bar owner uh, called Andrew Much- Muchmore, who actually has a lawsuit against the City now where he uh, had a rock performance, and the, 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 his patrons were swaying to the music, and he was hit with um, cabaret fines. Well,
0: so isn't that the best way, perhaps, to, to fight this law, is through the civil court, uh, rather than maybe you're fighting an uphill battle against the administration?
2: Uh, I don't, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, our goal is to make sure that this law is repealed. Um, we're going to explore all avenues, but I think it's important for the city that put this law in the books, to take action and and lead the conversation and do right by its city by taking the law off its books. It's,
1: so, what's the chances of this actually going through, though? What, what's the chances of it being passed by the city council and then being signed into law by mary De Blasio, who, as you stated earlier, is is right now defending this law in court? Yeah, I just heard a big sigh from you, Councilman.
2: Well, I, you know, I think that the, the the big issue uh... with the law, and I think that a lot of the concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the city might have with repealing the law is that the law actually has some provisions in it that makes sure that the venues that are operating are operating a safe environment for the patrons. Uh, there's provisions that require for these businesses to have security guards, security cameras. Uh, it kind of double checks to make sure that the, that the buildings up to code and the fire codes are being followed. So you know it's important that we um, explore how we can uh, introduce a, another bill that would just fully solely, solely focus on the uh, safety of the establishment, uh, while repealing all of the language that deals with, with dancing.
0: Yeah, you need a new set of codes, basically.
2: Exactly. Okay. We, need a, we need a new law that doesn't have any of this negative history that the cabaret currently has, and just focus on making sure that New Yorkers are safe when they decide to go out.
0: Yeah, but Councilman, you know, I'm an old guy, and that doesn't mean I don't dance. What it means is I've so, seen uh, I've seen a lot
2: of efforts by uh, you
0: and others in in your profession, going back to the 70s, to get rid of, the, of this law? Because people have said exactly what you're saying before. Why do you think we're going to be successful this time?
2: Well, first of all, because I'm the council member and go. I really care about this issue. And go. I'm, I'm going to make sure that, that, you know, I, I, I use all of, all of my forces to, make, to get this thing passed through the city council. Uh, second, you know, there has been a lot of uh, grassroots advocacy that I'm sure we've seen in the past, but right now they're re-energized. Uh, you're seeing people from all different uh, parts of, of, of the city actually getting involved in this conversation. And third, you know, we're, we're a more progressive city, you know, especially at a time where we have a federal government that's looking to you know, impede and, and challenge our values. I think it's important that we as a city send a message that we're not going to get in the way of people being able to socially express themselves.
0: Well, an obvious question at this point. Follow up, if I might. Councilman, do you dance?
2: Uh, occasionally I'm not the greatest dancer but I, I, I tend to move my hips every once in a while
0: so this doesn't even sound like it's a personal issue you haven't been cited for dancing in an illegal club you just think on a moral grounds. this is, you know, we're, we're New York freaking city
2: this is New York City, on on moral ground we should not be getting in the way of people being able to express themselves again, this law has been used as a way to crack down on, on establishments that, that have that, that are owned by people of color and are and the patrons are, are people of color. And we have to make sure that we uh, send the message that we're here to protect everyone and allow everyone to uh, feel that the city is protecting their right to express themselves.
1: Right. I, I think we can all agree, everyone in this room, right, Gersh, that, that you know, having, having the law that bans dancing in, in bars and clubs repealed is a good idea. But, but you wanted to take it a step further. I saw that you wanted to create like a Department of Nightlife for New York City. That would Is that part of this law? What, what do you want to do yeah. with that?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, as, as I said before, I, there's, this, there's this feeling that nightlife in New York City is in trouble. Uh, a lot of our great venues are, are closing because of the, a lot of the red tape and, and the regulations that are put in place. And what this, what this office will do is actually uh, create a friendly environment for our businesses and help uh, create a conversation between the businesses, the local communities, and uh, the city itself, and, and uh, put value to our nightlife and make sure that everyone understands the the importance of nightlife to the entire new york city ecosystem now nightlife not only creates financial capital but it creates priceless cultural capital you know people want to move here because of the great stories and uh, all because of our great nightlife that come those stories that come out of our great nightlife
0: now councilman i want you i want you to hear me now or hear me later i am officially sending you the first resume for commissioner of nightlife Gersh Kuntsman, host of Brooklyn Paper Radio, columnist for the New York Daily News, long time party go, the guy who saved Sonny's bar from closure from two columns and all that stuff. <laughs> I am sending you my resume and I ask you, I beg you, I for the on behalf of the people of City of New York, hire Gersh Kuntsman, Commissioner of Nightlife. I'll be the Robert Moses of I think we just we lost the councilman. Stuff. That's weird, the way we lose the councilman right when I'm telling him about should I call him back?
1: If you want to. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna call him back. Maybe he hung up on you. I don't think he did. <laughs>
0: Please don't steal this number. It's the councilman's. It's, yes,
1: it is the councilman's number.
0: i got to push was, that button again. That was
1: weird. Yeah. yeah. We'll do it. That wasn't so Let's bad. see what happened there. Yeah, it was weird.
0: Hello? Hey, councilman. That's weird the way we lost you right as I was pitching you on hiring me <laughs> as the commissioner of nightlife. The fr- listen, I will be the Robert Moses of nightlife in, in the sense that I will consolidate that job. into. It's going to be more important than the mayor. That job, you need me <laughs> on that wall. You want me on that wall. Am I right?
2: I hey, listen. I'll take your resume and make sure it's on it's on top of all the other oh, resumes. Boy. and we'll definitely take into consideration. Well, he said.
0: He said. I'll put it on top. There. I know. It's, uh, yeah, but I, I got to tell you some councilman. I've heard a lot <laughs> of people say they're going to look at my resume. I'm I'm going to hold you to that because the people of the city of New York deserve the best, and if they can't get the best, they should have me.
2: Listen. If if you say you're the best, and I'll take your word, and I'll make sure we uh, double, you know, take a take a second look at the resume. There you go. But no,
1: I was just, I just want to ask you: Is that part of this bill? Is like if you pass this bill that that gets rid of the cabaret laws, are we also passing the bill that creates the Gersh Kunzman Department of uh, Nightlife?
2: <laughs> These are two separate bills, but again, I believe they go hand in hand because again, the department and the Office of Nightlife will be focused on easing, um, you know, the strong enforcement that our businesses have been seeing, and the cabaret law is one of those laws that that enforcement has been, used, has been using to crack down on our businesses. So, again, it's about creating a friendly environment for our nightlife.
0: And just in the credit where credit is due department, I know you're working with Councilman Reynoso on this, right?
2: Yeah, Reynoso loves the idea. He, he, he co-signed with also Steve Levin.
0: Yeah, I think so, of you and Levin and Reynoso as some of the young Turks of the council, right? You guys are shaking it up a little bit.
2: Well when you look at it, I think yeah we're 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 the youngest in the city council right now. we're all uh either thirty five or younger. Uh, we're shaking things up, we're making sure that the millennial voices are heard in, in in city hall and trying to make sure that Brooklyn young Democrats everywhere are getting involved in the process.
0: you know, I'll give you one tip, councilman, from an old guy like me, an old journalist to a young councilman, the one way we people in the newspaper business, Gersh Kasman, Vince Masselle, and some of the reporters of the brooklyn paper, they're going to ask you the tough questions about your political positions over the years. As long as you are not on the take, like in other words, if you're not corrupt, you will always get a fair shake. You'll always be welcome on Brooklyn Paper Radio, especially if we disagree on an issue. We'll give you 10, 15 minutes to say your position on any issue. So keep that in mind. Just don't get on the take.
2: I have no reason to get my nose
0: dirty. <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm saying we... You know, Vince knows. I, I always fall in love with politicians. I mean, and I can name them all. Yasky, de Blasio... Oh, you would loved Yasky. Levin, the, all of them. And eventually... I mean, but you
1: really loved Yasky. All
0: right. Nothing wrong with Yasky. He was a former... I'm counsel. just saying you loved Yasky. The point is, some of them end up disappointing you. Now, none of the people I named are on the take, as far as I know, so to be clear, but I just, I just like... I love public policy. I love debating issues as a journalist and 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 as a Brooklynite. That's what brings us together. So keep that in mind. Don't get on the take. Come on the show
2: whenever you want. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Listen, I took the job because I love public service. I love. Uh, service whoa, whoa, whoa! You took the job thing.
0: because we voted you in, my friend.
2: Uh, of course, <laughs> but I, I I I guess I applied for the job and I and there I, I campaigned for the job. We put your resume on the top. I love the people represent, and I love Brooklyn. Last thing I want to ask you, though, is there.
0: we always like to give our guests a chance to plug anything else they're working on other than the cabaret bill. Is there something, a Brooklyn topic, a Bushwick topic that you want to just throw out there for our listeners?
2: I mean, I think this is the biggest Brooklyn topic we have right now. You know, Brooklyn has become uh, what Brooklyn is because of our nightlife that has grown over the past uh, decade. Uh, But besides that, I'm really focusing on creating... Uh, pretty much an a online food web portal where people who are looking to dispose of food are able to put it on this website where hungry New Yorkers can access and get food to their tables. You know, this would divert waste to our landfills and also feed our hungry New Yorkers.
0: Would that be like a Craigslist, like the hungry person himself or herself would come to get the food, or would there be some sort of distribution?
2: So the way it would work is that businesses getting rid of food can post uh, all, of the, all of their unwanted food on this website. And the, pan- the local pantries and local neighborhoods will be able to access that website and pick up the food in real time. I like that. That's I like that bad.
0: a lot. That's not bad. Well, Councilman Espinal, i, I got to say it was a pleasure to talk to you. And do me a favor, when you run into your, your colleague, Yedonis Rodriguez, tell him you had a great time on Brooklyn Paper Radio, because, as you know, we had a little ruffled feathers with him when he bailed on us. He thought we were going to ask him tough questions, but as you can see, they're all fair.
2: Listen, I had a lot of fun. There Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: That's Councilman Espinal from Bushwick, a Democrat, a young Turk. Thank you for coming on, sir.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, take it easy, now. I gotta say, I like that guy. That was good. And again, good. it's one of those things where, Vince, you know, I do fall in love with politicians. Oh, but man, you loved Yaskin. Any politician who can come on the radio and articulately, articulately, I couldn't even be articulate, articulately express his position on an issue and and take some tough questions mm-hmm. from Vince, I was
1: pretty, lo- I was pretty soft on him. I was pretty soft. But anyway, I like Well, that. I just listen, as what is the first thing you're going to do as the as the new head of the Department of Nightlife?
0: Uh, what's my position? Yeah,
1: what what's your Well, position? first of all I'm going
0: to do an overview of all of the nightlife in the city. So I got to get up to the Bronx a little bit more. I've been spending a lot of time in Queens because I'm yep. in love with a woman from Queens. She's yep. fantastic. Spending a lot of time in Jackson Heights, terrazzo is a great place in Jackson Heights. Love it. So I'm going to do an overview. And then what I'm going to do is foster more nightlife. In other words, get New Yorkers to realize, thanks Johnny. Get New Yorkers to realize that the day is 24. It's not, I work for 8, I sleep for 8, and then I screw around in my house for 8. No. TV is not part of the New York nightlife scene. After work, you go out and you have a drink. I would make sure that happy hour is a, is a state law. Mm-hmm. I would make sure that you get discounts for concerts. Your MetroCard gets you into clubs. I, I would find ways... To stimulate nightlife, and when I say stimulate, you know that I know you know I know what I'm talking about. I, th- I think I know exactly what you're talking. Vince, about. Vince, I got to say, good interview. I think we should pay a bill or two. Yeah, we have to. Okay, just really two. You go first.
1: I would. I I will. wish you would ask the councilman
0: if he I'll has if he needs a dentist. I wish it, you would that him.
1: would have been nice, because Kirsch, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable cro- price? Are you? Everybody is. I don't. I don't know if someone who isn't. Well, look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichtenberg. Oh, just so you
0: know, he can't handle everybody in the city. He's a great dentist, but he can't handle. everybody. No, you
1: got to call him. You got to make an appointment because you know there are time constraints. Yeah. But he's only constrained by the time that we're also constrained by all of us.
0: You mean the time on this planet? That's basically it. We're all. It's all. We're all terminal.
1: But his dentists and skilled hygienists. At the -the state-of-the-art office, use the most up-to-date technologies and techniques to provide you with the best experience possible. And he's doing it all, Gersh, at low, low prices. Zoom, bleach, whitening, $395. Need an implant? Dr. Lichter will do it for you for $12.50. Invisalign, the -the behind-the-teeth braces for adults, kids, whatever, $39.95. The veneer special, mention it now, $750. It's cosmetic porcelain. You can't beat it. Dr. Joseph Lichter, as you know is the official dentist of the WNHL's uh, New York Riveters. Wait, the Riveters go to Lichter? That's right, and you would never even know they were hockey players. I know a couple of Riveters, and they got amazing teeth. Yeah, call Dr. Joseph Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment to improve your quality of life because Dr. Joseph Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P., that's P for periodontal. That's between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. You can visit them online at Joseph lichter, a DDS, a dot com. So, funny thing, Vince. Yeah. You got teeth.
0: I and do. you And you've kept them good because you got lichter. Yeah. But what's the point of having these great teeth if some kid, your kid or somebody else's kid, is going to put you in a nursing home when you get old? Because I'm thinking about that because mm-hmm. I'm getting into my 50s. Well, Mountain 50, 52. You're looking down the barrel of 60. I'm looking down the barrel of, of a bad 70. Yeah. Anyway, so when I'm old, I don't want my kids putting me in a nursing home and I don't want to be a burden on them. So I'm going to use my Medicaid to get Village Care Max. It's a Medicaid managed long term plan that's going to help me stay at home and in my community for as long as possible because they work with a team of healthcare professionals to keep you in your home and healthy. So you want more information, you go to villagecaremax.org or you call 800. 800- 469-6292. Village Care Max. Live the life with the teeth you want to live and teeth. All right, wow. Vince, we are going to be reaching out to Billy Horner of the Cyclones in a couple of minutes. Horner, Horner. You said call him at 5? Uh,
1: yeah, between 5 and 5.15. Okay, is, before
0: we go to that call with Billy Horner,
1: Vince. Yes.
0: You and I are the deans of the Cyclone Press Corps. And no
1: one has covered the cyclones or the would-be cyclones longer than one Vince DeMaselli. That that's is, true. That goes without that is without question. And I covered the cyclones when they were the Pittsfield Mets. I covered the cyclones when they were the Queen's Kings. And I covered the cyclones, of course, when they moved to Brooklyn.
0: And I have covered the cyclones far deeper than you have. I was in fact the dean of the Cyclones Press Corps from 2001 up until 2010 covering almost every game, going yep. on road trips. and the reason I bring it up, Vince, is I have seen the cyclones basically go from a very proud franchise to a very average franchise.
1: It's very weird. It, it, I think you know what they say it, it starts at the top and, and the Mets, you know haven't haven't been doing so well, certainly this year. Well, the Mets have been it's sucking the cyclones dry they've been taking all their best players. I mean Lucas
0: Duda, a great cyclone is on the, is on the Mets now. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a number of them. Nobody Mike Conforto. Yeah, there's a number of great Mets. So, Brian, um, Nuno, I think Nuno, Nuno? Nu, no, I believe you mean Brandon Nimmo. Nimmo. See, that's I'm, Nimugo, the right? I'm the dean. Lugo? Seth, Seth Lugo. But the point I'm trying to make, Johnny, is the Mets are sucking the Cyclones dry. They're taking all our best players. We need them back. Well, w- so what, I, w- what I'm what i going to argue in this segment with whoever Billy Harner puts us on with is it's time for the Cyclones to be Cyclones. We've got to break out of the the mediocrity. Now, good news on the plus side. Edgardo Alfonso, yep. who was the original Cyclones manager in 2001 and brought them to the championship. No, no, game.
1: That was Edgar Alfonso.
0: Let me rephrase that. Edgar Alfonso brought the Mets to the championship game in 2001. They've yep. never been higher than that. We got all the way to the championship. We won game one and then something terrible happened. Yeah, September 11th, 2001. Cancelled uh, uh, terror we let the terrorists win, frankly. In, in that case, yes. Anyway, so Edgar Edgardo Alfonso, great met uh, World Series champion, well not champion, National League champion is going to coach the team this year. Now, I have high hopes for this. He's the brother of Edgar it, Alfonso. And it's, it and success runs in the family. Yes. So, we're hopefully we're going to talk at some point during the season to Edgar no, Edgardo. Edgardo. It's very
1: confusing, and Edgar.
0: Edgar always used to be upset when we used to call him Edgardo.
1: We never called him Edgardo because we got it right. It was those other hacks. It was a bunch of hacks. No, they were. Remember Shakespeare? True. True story. Mm-hmm. True story. Go. Okay. My interview with Lucas
0: Duda. It's oh. go- it's Googleable. It is. Duda hit a home run. I think it was his second year or the third year of the Cyclones, that went. It, tra- it, it would have gone out of any park, including Yellowstone. Yep. I, we were there. We Vinny were there. And I, Vinny and I run down to the field. I got the Vinny's got the camera. I got the microphone. Yep. And I'm like, Lucas, dude, the word hero is thrown around a lot, <laughs> but this time it's the first time I have ever used the word hero. And I went on and on. And
1: what's and the, first Duda, what the first thing he said? Remember the first thing he said? Dude, was like he said, you know, the other guys. Yeah. He
0: said, you know, it was all the other guys. And then he says, you know, I was just looking for a pitch to hit, which is what every baseball player says. And when, when we get this guy on the phone in a second, I guarantee you. We can turn this into a uh, a, a cliche festival. We no can just
1: time. ask him the tough questions and see if he comes back with the well, cliche answers. Let's call answers. him right now. I'm going to call him a
0: couple minutes early. Is it it's five o'clock yet? That's nah, a little bit early, but let's call him. This Don't take this number. It's a, it's this a private. Is, no, this oh. is
1: a it's a private number. I love the way we do this. By now, the way, Bi-
0: Billy's going to answer. We're we're calling Billy direct. If you're getting bored, I'm going to be on Curtis Lea at five twenty-two WABC. Radio. you doing that for my office? No, it's already pre-recorded.
1: Oh, God damn it! Let's see if we get Billy on the phone. I'd love to. Do you want to do this part? No, you can take yeah. it down. Hope he answers. I hope, but oh, well, we're early. We're a minute early. Oh, that was crazy. Hello.
0: Hey, is that Billy from the Brooklyn Cyclones? Yes. Billy, you're on the air live on Brooklyn Paper Radio with Gersh Kunzman, the Dean of the Cyclone Press Corps, and of course, Vince DiMaselli to my right, who is the longest covering reporter of the Cyclones. How are you, Billy? I'm great. How are you? Well, listen, we first want to wish you a lot of success this year. This is a big season for the Cyclones, breaking out and showing all of the New York Penn League what New Yorkers are capable of.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So, who are you going to. We had a little bit of a down year last year, so we're looking at getting back on the winning streak this year.
0: There's no question about that. So, Billy, who are you going to put on the phone with us? Who's our big star this year?
2: Uh, Well, right now, we're going to have Joe Napolitano, who's one of our uh, relief pitchers. Mm. And uh, he's. He has uh, some family in Brooklyn, so he's uh, one of our adopted adopted own here in Brooklyn. So hold on one second. Wow, wow,
1: that's fantastic.
3: We've got people in Brooklyn. Hello? Is that Joe? Yeah, this is Joe Napolitano. How you doing? Hey, Joe, how you doing?
1: This is Vince DiMasselli over here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. I've been covering awesome. the cyclo since, like, 1998, which is impossible because they didn't start until 2001, but it's all true. How old were you uh-huh. in 1998, Joe?
3: Uh, 1998, I was six years old. Six years old. I've been covering
1: the Cyclones since he's six years old.
0: All so. right, now, Joe, listen, you know we've been covering the Cyclones closely, and you're new to the Cyclones. What What is exciting for you, and why are you excited to play in Brooklyn this summer?
3: Oh, man. Well, first off, um, my mother's from Queens and my father's from Brooklyn, so... Oh, my God, a uh, mixed marriage! Yeah, exactly. So, uh... My family, they grew up kind of uh, Mets fans because my family or my father's family used to be uh, Brooklyn Dodgers fans before they left. And then they just took over the Mets. So for them, it's really special. And uh, for me, I mean, I I, I grew up a Mets fan. My favorite player growing up was um, David Wright. So I used to be a third baseman. Now I pitch now. So this is just like a dream come true for me. And I also uh, happened to go to St. John's last year. I went to grad school there and played my last year of Kaluja Ball there. Wow! And then before that, I went to Wake Forest. So wow, you're I mean, one of those I've been smart guys. The area a lot.
0: You're one of those smart guys, Joe.
3: <laughs> are they they call I you like, like think so.
0: they call you professor in the locker room.
3: No, they call me grandpa.
0: <laughs> wow, how old are you?
3: Uh, 25 right now. 25? I mean, that's what happens when you play grad school.
0: Yeah, well, you had to you got you got to think of the full body. You know, you're thinking of your mind and you're thinking of your baseball career. So absolutely, you're our, you're a big relief pitcher. Yeah. I hear that if you weren't a uh, a baseball player, you'd be a mind reader.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just... They, I, <laughs> you were I, struggling I, for I, an answer on that one, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, but, um, I mean, well, a, a lot of the guys say that I'm right a lot most of the time. So it, it was mostly like a joke with the guys. And I originally put salesman, but then I got some weird looks, so I decided to put mind reader.
1: <laughs> so what's my next question going to be?
3: Oh, man. Um...
1: I'll, I'm going to give you a hint. It has to do, with the, sure. has to do with the Staten Island Yankees.
3: Staten Island Yankees? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hate the Yankees. That, that was the man, question. Man. He figured it out. He's a mind reader. Seriously. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Joe, you've been around the block a little bit.
0: You're 25. You know New York. Are the Staten yeah. Island Yankees the evil empire of the New York Penn League?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Mets are the blue-collar team, and the Yankees are the uh, high-roller team that everyone jumps on when they're doing well. Right now, I mean, they're doing well, but... I hate the Yankees. I grew up around the Boston area, so it was a double hate. So, oh uh, man, double hate. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's it's got a br- but when you as a Cyclone now and as a future Met, you're going to go out yeah. and play the Staten Island Yankees. Do, do you get so consumed with anger? Like, how do you just take it down a notch and do your job? Because I get so angry just in the audience.
3: <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll figure it out. I mean, it's it's still baseball at the end of the day, but definitely when you're playing the Yankees, there's a little bit more juice. Going into it, so I mean, when I'm out there, I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna try my best to take him down a little bit extra than uh, normal teams. Is that so, a I mean, fe- I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to make the situation too bigger than it is. You know what I mean? First game, just trying to get my feet under me, but yeah. definitely a little bit more juice.
1: But is that a feeling that that's around the clubhouse? You're not the only one who feels that way. I mean, other guys uh, know that the Staten Yankees are in fact evil.
3: I we got some guys from the Northeast that definitely don't like the Yankees, and we obviously in the Mets organization compete with them a lot, so. I mean, as an organization, we definitely have a little bit more juice than the other teams in our league. So I'd definitely say yes. These, we want to take these guys down pretty bad this week.
0: And, and just for the fans who are listening on the radio, I mean, it is a great rivalry, even though people say, oh, it's just Class A short season ball. But we have a built-in rivalry here. When I go to see the Cyclones and the Yankees happen to be the visiting team, it's just a whole, it, you're on a whole other level because you, you can just hate the Yankees openly.
3: Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this—it it is a Class A um, team, but this area, the Brooklyn area, being close to uh, City Field, being close to the big league teams, gives it a little extra oomph, and it just happens that the Yankees are in Staten Island. This game's going to be awesome. Can't yeah. wait for it to start.
0: Now, just so our listeners know, uh, last night's game, which was going to be the opening game of the, of the Penn, Penn League season, was rained out, and it's going to be made up as a doubleheader. On Saturday, a two game doubleheader, if I'm not mistaken. Not, not this Saturday. No, yep. a, a, a couple of Saturdays from you're now. You're way off, yes. Yeah, but a couple of Saturdays from now, yes, doubleheader. Yeah. So, our, our listeners, and I, look, I'll just throw it out there. If you're listening and you want a pair of tickets to that game, you call 718 260 4502. Funny thing is, Joe, we're on that line, so I don't have to give away those tickets.
3: <laughs> I'll be there, don't worry. Yeah,
0: no. So, Joe, you're a relief pitcher, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, are you a closer? Are you You're middle inning? What, what? 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 What role do you think we're going to see you in?
3: Um, I think I'm going to be. To be honest, we really don't know right off the bat until the whole roster's filled out. But in college, I was a uh, setup guy for the closer, and also in some I, I did a lot of closing. And last year, I was late inning to close role. Nice. So, I mean, I think that role just develops um, as the season goes on, and if I can prove that, I, if I can prove I can come in in tough situations, then maybe my role will increase. To maybe a closer role or maybe a, a long relief role that's a little more important. But right now, I'm just there for whatever they need me to do, and um, we'll just see where it goes. You know, well, I'm really excited to get this game started today.
1: You know, in the old days, being a reliever on a, a minor league team wasn't you know it was basically you know that was that like there was no hope of making it to the majors. But in this day and age, where the bullpens in Major League Baseball are so important, I mean they're huge. There, there's a shot now that you there are guys that go through their entire minor league careers. As as relievers and and get to the show that way. Mm-hmm. And
0: the I agree.
3: I mean, this is my second year pitching, and they just immediately put me in the relieving role. But uh, I love it. I love coming out of the bullpen. I love hearing my song. I like <laughs> I like the stress of. I love the intensity of the situation. I like cleaning up messes. know, it's it's kind of a personality thing. I don't know how I'd be as a starter, but I'd be open to it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> right now I've I've really enjoyed the relieving situation. I love it.
1: What was the biggest mess you've ever gotten out of?
3: <sighs> Bases loaded, jam, no outs.
1: And you got and you, you,
3: well. It's it, I mean it's it's a jam definitely, and but in your head you're thinking like these are these, I mean these aren't exactly my runs, but you know what I'm going to try my best to help my buddy out. You know what I mean. So it'd be worse if I got myself in that own jam. But coming in bases loaded, no outs, it's definitely a tall task.
0: And and if, just so you know for the listeners, you mentioned your song. It, I have it a shoot to thrill by ACDC.
3: That's my pump up song. My yeah. walkout song is different.
0: What's your walkout song?
3: Uh, Desperado by Rihanna.
0: All right, as long as it's not Desperado by the Eagles, because as you know, I know you I hate the Eagles. I know you did some research on me. I hate the Eagles. So the pitching coach on the Cyclones this year is Royce Ring. Now, I remember him uh, as having a, a lot of credibility. Have you been working with him? What's he like?
3: Yeah, I you know what's great for me is that I, I was at Kingsport last year. Um, I got promoted there from the GCL about two weeks into the season. I went to Kingsport, and I met up with Royce. And since day one, um, Royce has been fantastic. Love him. Um, I mean, obviously, I've not had a lot of pitching coaches in my two years of pitching, but um, Royce Ring, is, I can't say enough about him. He works with everybody. He definitely has a lot of knowledge. He's played at the big league stage. Mm-hmm. He brings a lot of energy. Um, he's always positive And just a really good guy to have around the locker room. Great baseball mind, too. Yeah.
0: That's the one thing I've always liked about watching the Cyclones, you know, as the dean of the Cyclone Press Corps. I, I'm in the locker room. I'm on the field with you guys. And it's funny how when you have someone who's been in the show, like Edgardo Alfonso, your manager, and Royce Ring, you, you just see how they impart that wisdom. And people don't realize that there is baseball knowledge that gets passed on generation to generation. It's, it's, I don't know. I think other sports are like that, but baseball seems to be different.
3: Definitely. I mean, there's little intricate things in baseball that you know some guys just have and some guys don't. And some guys can pick it up like Royce has been in, state, in, in situations that we can't even fathom and we might be going into later in our future. And he just prepares us for it, for it the best. you know. And Alfonso's the same exact way. They're two great guys I have in our coaching staff, and we're all really excited to work with both of them and have them in our dugout.
1: Now, have you worked with Edgardo Alfonso before, or is this the first time he's uh, on this, one of your teams?
3: This year's my first, but I was not extended with him. He was my coach throughout extended. And uh, in a matter of two and a half months, I've already developed a great relationship with him. I mean, he's he's honestly such a chill um, he's a guy. I mean, he's, he's cool to everybody. Um, he doesn't treat anybody differently, and... You know, he's, I mean, I grew up watching him in the Subway Series against the course, Yankees in the best. I mean, it was amazing. So, now he's my head coach. If I mean, I couldn't be more ecstatic about it.
0: If you watch that series, I'm going to say something to you that's going to make you freak out. Timo Perez. Run, Timo, run! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Game one, when he didn't run that out and we ended up losing. Well, you oh ended my up God. losing. What, oh, yeah. a, what a series. I oh, mean, I,
3: my parents were so excited during that whole thing. And just to, to see that Elgato Raffonzo's in the dugout, like, I just remember, it's crazy. I can't wait for the season. As you can see, I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Now, a couple, of last last couple of questions. You, you've you probably pitched to a lot of your, your teammates, just in terms of practicing and batting practice. Who who are the fans looking out for who's going to be the real home run threat for the Cyclones this year?
3: Home run threats this year, um, I know Jeremy Wolf has some pop. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, Jose Medina has got some real pop.
0: Funky cold Medina. And
3: yeah. uh, Jose Medina, he just came down from Colombia. Um You also have uh, Correa, who's got some real pop, and uh, let's see who else we got here. I am trying to think. Um, Who else has got some pop in this team? Nobody's gonna ask (laughs) help. Strom just walked by. No, but if if
0: you you hit if you hit like ten home pop, (laughs) if someone hits ten home runs at MCU Park, that's a lot in the New York Pen League. Uh, Twenty, yeah, Yeah, exactly.
3: Um,
0: I mean, Lucas Duda who is on the Mets now, and, and Michael Conforto, who's also on the Mets. These guys didn't hit. It's not like they hit 25 home runs when no, they were at the no, Cyclones. No. We actually didn't know if they had the pop that they've shown at the Major League level. So be careful of that. It's going to help you as a pitcher because the ball doesn't exactly carry out at
3: MCU. Very excited about it. I get a lot of ground balls, and I couldn't be happier about it. That's <laughs> what I like to hear.
1: All right, got to let him go. He's got, I got a big but game. I got Last I question. You, listen, I got my... Yeah, I'm about
3: to take a shower, guys. Come all on. right,
1: I got, my, I got my, uh, my Cub reporter. His name's Matt John. All right. He's going to be there today. I want you to take care of him if you see him, all right? He's he's like right. he's a young kid.
3: All right, he's he's
1: looking after you. You got to help him out, all right? Because he's a rookie. All
3: right, absolutely. I'll he's not he's
0: not looking for you in the shower. But anyway, thank you for taking <laughs> the time. I I got to say great uh, g- have a great season, Joe, and we'll be seeing you out there at MCU.
3: All right, awesome. Can't wait to see you guys. Thank Please, you yeah, Best of luck so to you. Thank you, Joe.
0: Well, that was fantastic. Joe Napolitano is Cyclones relief pitcher. Starting as a relief pitcher, but he may end up Starting, he may close. Local guy. Local guy. Interesting. And I gotta say, I love I love when the cyclones and the Mets have that synergy. It really works for me. When the cyclones and Mets have that synergy? Yeah, in other words, Joe Napolitano grew up as a Met fan. He's in the
1: Met franchise. Oh, I see what you're saying. That yeah. synergy baby. And his his parents are excited that uh that is Alfonso's his manager. You should I wonder if he's asking for like autographs and stuff. I I no,
0: that's that's really not done. You can't do that. But I bet Joe's parents are at the game tonight, and your r- young reporter should find them in the stands. He should. Shouldn't be hard. I should text him right now. You should text him. While you're texting him, I had a rare privilege, Johnny, and I hope you'll cue this up. Vince, do you know about this? No, what happened? So I don't know if you're aware of this. We've talked about it a couple of times. I have written a novel called Coup, and it's about v- Vice President Mike Pence's soon, hopefully soon, effort to overthrow real Donald Trump using the 25th Amendment of the Constitution, which is a real thing, by the way. Uh The novel is a satire. It's called Coup. It was serialized in the Daily News last week. Thousands, tens of thousands of people downloaded the book. Thousands read it. Hundreds enjoyed it. Dozens called me. Point is, I had a chance to talk to the author of Coup, Gersh Kuntzman, by phone today. So this is Kuntzman on Kuntzman. Go, Johnny. That's hot. We're lucky enough to have Gersh Kuntzman joining us by phone today. Gersh is a longtime New York Daily News columnist, and now he's the author of Coup, Mike Pence and a Skeet-Shooting Pothead, Rick Perry's Dance Leotard, A Waterboard, and Ivanka Save America from Donald Trump. That's a provocative title, and Gersh, you serialized that novel in the Daily News last week. So first off, Gersh, tell us a little bit about the project. Well, Gersh, after Trump was sworn in, we felt, as many Americans did, that this guy simply couldn't lead. He's conflicted by his international business pursuits. He's unaware of basic geopolitical realities. He's hostile to our allies and cozy with our enemies. He seems to not even understand the role of the other branches of government. It's dangerous. True, but he hasn't done anything impeachable yet, has he? Well, maybe not. Though so he is being investigated, as you know, for obstruction of justice and for possible foreign payoffs in violation of the emoluments clause. Oh, good use of the term emoluments. But if he can't be impeached, sorry to interrupt, but there is an alternative. You're talking about yes, the 25th amendment. ha. <laughs> That was funny the way we both said that at the same time. But seriously, what is the 25th Amendment? Well, this is a key part of my novel, Coup, which, as you said, has been serialized on the Daily News website. The 25th Amendment allows the vice president and a majority of the cabinet to overthrow a president who they believe is, quote, unable to perform his duties. Did you just make air quotes around unable Gersh? Indeed, I did, Gersh. Now, of course, my novel is a spoof, but there are many people who believe that Trump's conflict and his obstruction of justice make him unable to serve as president. So in my book, Pence first lines up support from eight members of the cabinet. Each one wants something different from him. Right. Ben Carson is a pothead who just wants legalized marijuana, for example, and Elaine Chao wants to be vice president. Yes, and Defense Secretary Jim Mattis just wants Trump to see that torture is wrong, to the point where he even waterboards the president in the Oval Office. That's hysterical. It all leads to Pence getting the cabinet support he needs and then overthrowing Trump and winning the resulting civil war to retain the White House. There are some interesting subplots in coup, right? Well, Gersh, she wouldn't be a farcical novel without them. In my book, Melania is so done with Donald that she uses Tinder to date men all over town. One of them, of course, is based on me. Based on you? You dating Melania Trump? It's not so ridiculous. I mean... She's 46 years old. She's sick of her husband. I've done pretty well in my post divorce life with that very demographic. Indeed you have. Also in your book, The Russians Try to Kill Rick Perry, and Vladimir Putin is actually a steroid-taking Soviet Olympic star from the 1970s. And Rex Tillerson tries to stop Trump from selling arms to the North Koreans.
1: Believe me, it all comes together at the
0: end. You mean when Donald Trump's penis is measured by a congressional page at the height of his trial? You have to read it to believe it, Gersh. All on interactive.nydailynews.com. Flash fiction flash coup. thanks for joining us gersh no thank you gersh i gotta tell you that guy gersh kunstman wow answered all of my questions very gracious guy yeah he seems like it but it, it also seemed
1: like you were in a helicopter or something when you were doing
0: well interview. i was calling him from a remote location didn't want
1: to share where i was but he's you know that book who have you read coup i've read portions of it
0: and did you enjoy it
1: so far so good I'm, I'm not all the way through it, but uh, you know, and I'm reading it on my on my iPhone because I did buy it. I believe I was the first one to buy it.
0: It's on Kindle. Uh, it's for your Kindle. It's on Amazon.com. Well, I have the Kindle app
1: on my iPhone. Okay, fine. I don't and have a
0: Kindle. I believe it's been downloaded. Isn't Kindle something that you light on fire? It, it, I believe it's been downloaded hundreds, if yes. not thousands, Johnny. It's been downloaded hundreds, if not thousands of times. I mean, if not tens of thousands of times, we don't know. We just. Uh, how do know. you not know? It's and it's like three ninety nine. Like, what do you get out of that? I get nothing out of it because I wrote it as a staffer of the failing Daily News.
1: But they get something out of it, right? Yeah, I'm sure. And we're going to find out. And maybe someone will throw me a book. Party but somebody's got to. Somebody's got to know how many downloads. Th- th- you have to know how many downloads well, there I are. I mean, this is why I do shows like this to get the get the clicks. And this maybe is the we'll, digital age, Gersh. Well, anyway, it's coup. It you
0: can read it for free at interactive. slash fiction slash coup or. You can go to Amazon.com and just search Kuntzman Coup. Comes right up. three ninety nine. dollars Now, my father is a big Trump supporter. He bought a copy, and he thinks it's hysterical. He enjoys the book. Really? Well, why is that so surprising?
1: I didn't think your dad uh,
0: had a sense of humor. Oh, well, my dad's got a sense of humor. It's just, unfortunately, he has two issues, Israel and taxes. And so, as a result, we argue about almost everything else.
1: <laughs> because of Israel and taxes. Well,
0: so I don't agree with him on Israel, I don't agree with him on taxes, and everything else we agree on. He's pro-abortion, he's pro-gay marriage, mm-hmm. he's pro-environment. Mm-hmm. Israel and taxes.
1: That's where you guys disagree.
0: Yeah. But Where's it, but your brother on this? My brother's on my side.
1: He is on your side. My
0: brother, who's all of 56 years old and just retired, I'm 52 and I'm dead Broke. I mean, dead <laughs> broke, Johnny. You're retiring. No. I am not retire. I told. No. I, so I told my girlfriend, as you know, I'm in love with a woman from Queens, and we went to my brother's retirement party on Saturday. And I lean over to her and say, "Hey, honey, you and I, I'm going to get to no, be about your
1: brother just had a retirement, retirement party?
0: party. And I said to I said to my girlfriend, who I love from Queens, I said, "Honey, I'm going to retire when I'm 83, and I'm going to lean over to you and say, "Hey, honey, we got one week left. We got one good week, and that's it. We're going to have one. That's going to be my retirement celebration. My happen. girlfriend and I go to you know, Pago Pago for a week, and that's it. I die.
1: <laughs> no, What's you're laughing. I know you're no, laughing. You're gonna be in bed and <laughs> you're gonna be like working on something, and then you're gonna go, you're gonna feel a twinge or a twang or twin. I don't know. You're gonna Wait, feel when you say twang.
0: working on something, you mean I'm working. You're working, working. I thought you meant working on something.
1: No, you're working, yeah. yeah. And then all, the, all of a sudden, you're just gonna go, Ugh! and she's gonna say, What is it? What is it? And you're gonna say, I retire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I retire, <laughs> and that's it. And, and then that is it. That's a, that's my retirement party. That's your retirement. Party my re- right retirement party is maybe she'll hug me before I die. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> give me one last So if you can kiss. hear the sound of my voice, honey, I'm coming home tonight to Jackson Heights. This could be so our. Like, what did your brother? This could do? be our retirement party. What did your
1: brother do for a living?
0: My brother was an accountant. Worked for Ernst and Young for almost more than thirty years. I've Heard of them? Right out of college, mm-hmm. became a full partner. He was a full partner at Ernst and Young. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean exactly? It means well. If the company loses money, he has to pay, because uh-huh. he's a partner. But mostly, they make a lot of money. Like they, they have a printing press down in the basement of Ernst and Young. Uh-huh. Is that, That's the equivalent, and they're just printing money. This is money. What, it's what, what, but what? But who's he accounting for? Well, big corporations: the New York Times, uh, uh, you know, oil companies, Ex-
1: ExxonMobil, You know, big really? companies. Yeah, Ernst and Young. Yeah, it's one of it's one, one of a, the big six. And how long and he'd been at the business for almost thirty years. Almost thirty years, and it was the only job he ever had. Only job he ever had. That's practically what I've done. Only I have no
0: printing press in the basement. No, you do not. You're, the Brooklyn Paper, as good as it's been to you, to quote Bob Dylan, has not been a printing press of money for you. No. Look, we got to get out. We've had a great time. We've spoken to Councilman Espinal, who's working on the um, the bill to end the cabaret law discrimination. We spoke, obviously, to Joe Napolitano, the star pitcher for the Cyclones. We spoke, Star reliever. We spoke to Gersh Kuntzman. We've of, heard from him, yes. Of this radio show and of the Failing Daily News yep. about his new book, Coup. And we've heard from our advertisers, who we're going to hear from one more time. Vince, as we talked about, I'm getting older. My brother's retired. Yep. I'm getting older. I told my brother about Village Care Max.
1: Where's your brother? By the way, where is he retiring to? Well, he lives in New Canaan. That's Connecticut. And I said
0: to him, listen, you're going to need Village Care Max because you're healthy now. But when you're 60, 70, 80, your kids are going to want to put you in a nursing home and you're going to say, no, I need Village Care Max. He has kids. How many? Two kids. Okay. Boy and a girl? Boy and a girl. Nice. He's going to need a Medicaid managed long term plan to help him stay at home and not in a nursing home. Now, Village CareMax works with his healthcare professionals. They'll work with your landlord, your doctor, anybody to help you obtain the best healthcare options available in your home. I told him get more information. Just call Village CareMax at 800-469-6292 or visit Village CareMax online at villagecaremax.org. I t- said to my brother, Village CareMax live the life and keep rooting for the Mets that you want to root for and live.
1: Did you did you tell the kids about that? No. See, I would have talked to the kids. No, no, no. It. It's it's using your own Medicaid. I know, but that's the point because they need to know that by using that service, they're not they're not going to have to buck up. That's very important to the kids. Okay. You know, they want that money that he had printing in the basement at Eastern Young. All right. Well, they've already paid for the ad, so you can move on. I'm right, just wondering about that. Oh,
0: man, you want to tell me about dentistry?
1: I was thinking about it.
0: Kirsch, when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? I have never seen a quality dentist who was truly affordable.
1: (laughs) If your answer has been been too long to remember, then you know what time it is, right?
0: (laughs) It's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. That's right,
1: because Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry is offered at extremely, extremely reasonable prices. Give me an example. I'll give you an example right here. Hold on a second. You know about Zoom whitening? I do. It's usually like $700. $395. Wow. Do you know about uh, his veneer special? Veneer specials usually they're like nine hundred dollars a tooth. Nine seven hundred and fifty dollars at Dr. Wow. Joseph Lichter. You know about Invisalign? That's the braces that go behind the teeth. You yeah, I got them for my kids. They were five thousand dollars. Well, if you would have went to Dr. Joseph Lichter, as I recommended, thirty nine ninety five. Smile makeovers, dental implants, periodontal plastic surgery, everything, teeth everything. whitening, instant orthodontics, porcelain crowns. Dr. Joseph Lichter has it all! He's the crazy eddy of dentistry. <laughs> He's practically giving it all away. So give him a call right now. He's at 718-339-7878. Because at Dr. Joseph Lichter at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood, your smile is his priority. Did you give the website? Yeah, it's uh, Dr. It's uh, josephlichterdds.com.
0: All right. Well, that was a great show. I want to thank Councilman uh, Councilman Espinal from Bay, uh, from Bushwick. Bushwick. Who showed Councilman Yudanis Rodriguez that we don't bite are on the show? No. We, well, we, we nibble, but we don't bite. A couple of nibbles. Great show for Espinal. He's going to w- repeal that cabaret law. We also spoke to, of course. Joe Napolitano, star reliever for the Brooklyn Cyclones, who opened their season for the New York Penn League, Brooklyn Cyclones tonight. 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 Against
1: tonight. The, tonight. Against the
0: evil empire, of the Staten Island Yankees. My son Ben is at the game. Is he going? He's there. Uh, who's he going with? The school? He's going or With something? the school. So if you're looking for a big crowd of people in the, in the bleachers, all looking like different parks. Is the pricing
1: though at the Staten Island, at Yanke- uh, the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones now? No. What remember we when thinking? we were kids when we used to go? It was like oh, ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. Yeah. Nineteen dollars a ticket now. It's a lot. It seems like a you lot. You get a lot of
0: baseball for that price.
1: You do. You do. All right. and a, lo- a lot
0: of fun. Speaking of baseball, Vince and I are going to be going to a game, a Met game, on July 20th to do some team building. It's a day game. Have we worked that out? I think I did. Good job. All right. Can anyway, I come? No. no. So we got to get out. Vince, great show. You're a handsome man. I'm expecting a drink in your office after the show. John. Yeah, listen. Can, guess what
1: we're doing today? What? The music's starting? Yeah. Today, me and you... Lee is out. We're doing the cover of Brooklyn Paper. Cover of Brooklyn Paper. So it's going to have. It's gonna include some map that makes no sense. There you go. All
0: right. That's what I do. I'm Gersh Kustman of the Failing Daily News. For Vince DiMasselli of the very successful but certainly not money printing Brooklyn Paper, we're out of here. <laughs> we'll see you next week.